Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer Grossman. Welcome to another edition of Ask the Atlas Society. I am so thrilled uh, to be here today with Megan Maston. Um, Megan, I miss you. We were supposed to get together at Sacramento State. I know. I'm so sad about that too. We had it was all planned out. It was only a week ahead, but it's okay. Yes. We're here. Exactly. So, you know, necessity being the, um, the mother of invention and uh, Ayn Rand being a mother of inspiration to both um, Megan and I. Megan is a senior in business at Sacramento State. Um, she's also the head of a very active uh, Sacramento State Turning Point chapter. And Turning Point, of course, has been a wonderful partner um, with the Atlas Society in promoting uh, the moral defense of capitalism that's so necessary today. So. Hey, Megan, I hear you have Hi. some questions. Yes, and I have a whole bunch. I was told to condense them a little bit. So, um, another. Um, number one, a lot of people are just, just want to know at my, my chapter, what is objectivism? Like just a basic definition for them. Uh, well, Ayn Rand's philosophy, objectivism, in essence, is the concept of man as a heroic being with his own happiness as the moral purpose of his life, with productive achievement as his noblest uh, activity, and reason as his basic means to survival. Ayn Rand was once asked um, in a meeting with publishers if she could describe her philosophy while standing on one foot, which she did and essentially uh, said, I won't stand on one foot uh, at the moment because I'm sitting and I, my uh, skirt is, is slit too high. Um, <laughs> uh, metaphysics, uh, objective reality, epistemology, reason, ethics, rational self-interest, politics, laissez-faire capitalism, and aesthetics, um, romanticism. So, uh, so that that is essentially it. She she believed that um, that there is a reality that we can know it. Uh, that our reason um, we must rely upon our reason in order to understand it, to integrate it, um, and that we should, in, in a very basic sense, reject the idea that we exist only as um, a, a means uh, to any other greater good, that we exist as men and women as ends in and of ourselves. I think that is you know, particularly worth reminding ourselves sometimes as women, because um, you know, we, we can be very nurturing, we're kind of cultivated to be nurturers, uh, and it's important for us to remember that, that our ha we have a right to our own happiness, uh, and that we should not um, allow ourselves to be sacrificed to somebody else, nor should we uh, seek to sacrifice others to, to, our, to our own ends. Um, and I, I, that's an incredible um, definition, first off. And I think it brings up um, a, a really good point nowadays that we see, which is um, the focus on the individual versus um, a focus on um, supporting others, right? And I think in essence, that is um, one of the biggest arguments for socialism is that it's best um, for the greater good. Um, so what do you think takes precedent, the, the individual or the, the group and why? Um, well, that's, that's, that is the fundamental question. And uh, I think it's important to remember how we are in the situation that we, we came to today. 
um, first of all, let's focus on the, the positive side. How is it possible that we actually have this technology? Um, how is it possible that we actually have some semblance of um, a supply chain that's continuing to operate? Uh, that was not because of socialism. That was because of capitalism. That was because of individual entrepreneurs. That is because of people who decided to invest in those businesses. That is what capitalism is, is, is about. Um, so, uh, it, you know, at the same time, we're not, we're not anarchists. Uh, we do believe in the rule of law. Uh, we belo believe that the law is, is there to protect us as individuals. Um, we are living through a crisis. Uh, and Ayn Rand did say that when um, you are faced with a epidemic uh, for which there is uh, no, no cure, um, that it is uh, responsible to quarantine people um, because, um, because they could pose a threat of, to other individuals by, um, by infecting them. So, um, but I've also lived through a, a, not quite an epidemic like this, but I've lived through a, a few disasters uh, in, in my own lifetime, um, including, you know, <laughs> fires, which uh, destroyed, you know, um, hundreds of homes in my community, including my own home. And um, I can tell you from firsthand experience, I don't need a philosophy book or uh, a novel to tell me, tell me this, that um, not only did government contribute to the um, circumstances which made such uh, a disaster possible through, um, in that case, you know, environmental regulations um, and uh, huge um, pensions for government workers uh, that sucked resources away from frontline um, responses, uh, but then also just in, in terms of the response, you know, um, I, after I lost everything, I, I wasted critical time um, thinking, oh, the government's going to help me, right? They've got all these FEMA trucks everywhere. They're, they're going to help me. Oh, there's SBA loans. Uh, maybe I can get some assistance. No, you know, I mean, I wasted uh, valuable time. I was running out of money. I didn't have a lot to rebuild uh, by thinking that, that government, um, was was there to help and um this is a completely different crisis but because of that personal experience i uh i, pre I prepared i had a lot of supplies you know i knew that w whether it was you know a fire which was what i am expecting or another kind of crisis um that that i needed to be prepared and that i i needed to um to rely on my my own uh my own agency at the same time um you know, I also took all of that toilet paper and I put it in my car and I drove up here to be with my parents um, in, in, here in San Francisco uh, because um, because I, I knew that they would need help. They're, that's not a sacrifice. You know, it would be a sacrifice for me not to do that. It would be a sacrifice for me to do that and drive to the middle of nowhere and give, you know, um, the toilet paper to people who didn't prepare and who, you know, aren't aren't necessarily uh in my life so um and particularly if that came at, at the expense of doing something for my for my family um you know i go to uh shabbat online now zoom on on friday um and i go to services i'm not doing that as a sacrifice um i don't particularly enjoy it oh my god i hope rabbi schwartz you're not listening but you know i do it to show up for for a community that's that's been there for me in times of crisis and in times of need so 
Um, I, but I, I think we need to be very, very uh, careful about um, the, the, the ethics of this, because if you say it's okay to sacrifice, um, I think one of your other questions uh, was, why is this philosophy relevant to your generation? Uh, why is it important to believe that you have the right to exist? Why is it important to um, insist upon individual identity and to reject uh, the collective identity? Um, well, because you, your generation is being sacrificed right now. You know, I, I mean, I, I say to all of the students with a very sort of tragic and ironic sense of um, irony, thank you, uh, because this massive stimulus spending that we're see seeing, even the, the, forget about that, the government has, has uh, doubled in, in size, but even the, the previous level of welfare spending, uh, you could have all of the top tax, you know, rates, uh, 80%, whatever, on top 1%, top 10%. Um, that's not even enough to, to uh, cover just the, the welfare spending, spending pre-crisis alone. And that is a debt. That is a debt. I don't know if you have student debts, but if you've ever had any experience with credit card debts, I mean, debt is real and it, it comes due. And um, it, it is going to be paid and is going to be paid by by your generation, and it is going to be paid. Um, I can, you know, tell Megan the fact that you know while you have peers that are just spending the coronavirus quarantine online, uh, writing, you know, nasty comments about ca capitalism, or just watching, um, you know, binging on Netflix, or you know, smoking pot, or or, or being irresponsible. What well, you've made a, a different kind of choice. You've decided to organize, uh, help us organize these virtual conferences. You know, you before the, the 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 virus, you were making choices. You were organizing on campus. You were doing things that meant that, in all likelihood, if I had to put a wager, I'm going to wager on your actually being um, successful in, in in your life. So, um, the the ethics of altruism and the politics of socialism mean that you, because of your success, because of your preparedness, because of your industry, that you will be punished and you deserve to be punished for your virtues and that those who make other choices uh, deserve to be rewarded for making those moral choices. So, um, so and, and frankly, even if you, um, if you decide to make other life choices or you, it turns out, you know, whatever, you, you have a disaster and you don't end up uh, earning, becoming a top earner, um, the fact that we are having so, so much um, infusions of government spending uh, and, and printing of money right now, historically, that has showed that that uh, tends to have inflationary results and mm -hmm. that the inflation in turn will, even if you are at a more modest level of income, uh, you will be pushed into that higher bracket and you will be, they will get you one way, one way or the other. So, um, so that's why I think it's really important to say no, you know this stops and um, I, I have a right to my own life and I, I have a right to my future and don't destroy my future, Carol. Yeah, um, and I mean, the event that we were originally going to have with, um, with you and a few other um, like well-known lawyers or assemblymen in the area was called the value of selfishness. And um, this was a, very frustrating for a lot of people. And this is kind of a twofold question. I know we don't have a lot of time, but, um, how does the value of selfishness um, connect to objectivism and individualism? And um, 
I, yeah, that, and then on top of that, the main question I get from um, my Turning Point members has to do with um, big business, big corporations um, controlling the government. And is that a positive with Ayn Rand's philosophy? How do we negate that? Like, what is, um, what should we do? What should we do in from an Ayn Rand perspective? Sure. Well, first of all, okay, let's go to the question of, of selfishness. Now, Ayn Rand, um, to me, first and foremost, was an artist. Um, she uh, created these incredible epics, um, this great science fiction tales. She imagined these worlds. She came up with these characters. She's, she elaborated these plots. Uh, and she, she also, you know, she had a style and she also went for, um, she even called them gimmicks, uh, things that, that would do, that, that would get, capture people's attention, that would wake people up. Um, one of them was her use of, of the dollar sign, that, that she used the dollar sign uh, as a motif throughout Atlas Shrugged. Uh, another was she, she used um, the word selfishness and the virtue of selfishness in a very provocative way. You know, she was an artist, so she would take things, she wanted to shock people. She wanted to literally shock them out of their um, sort of stagnation and their sheep-like thinking to, to look at things in a different way. So, um, but you know, uh, it's hard for me to criticize Ayn Rand, but I, I get I think that in retrospect, um, selfishness really that that's kind of is taken in the in the dictionary and it's associated with um, taking advantage of other people and just thinking of yourself in a narrow short short term kind of way. Um, I I think that's kind of selfless because you 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 know in order to do things that are in your rational self interest it's important to do a lot of behaviors that might uh, strike people as not selfish at all. It's important to be open. It's important to be tolerant. It's important to be generous. It's important to be respectful. Um, so that all of those behaviors are in your rational self-interest. So I, I tend to think of it as rational self-interest and an open objectivism, which is the branch of, of objectivism that we um, promote here at, uh, at the Atlas Society. Uh, we also elevate benevolence as a major virtue and consider it completely consistent, in fact, necessary to, um, to fulfilling your rational self-interest is to having a benevolent entrepreneurial approach, a give and take to other people and to being respectful of their views so that you have more of an opportunity to engage with them as potential intellectual partners or trading partners or social, social partners, what, what, what have you. Uh, in terms of big business, the bigger the business, the bigger the cronyism, okay? The more regulations, uh, the more businesses that are going to um, be compelled to say, gosh, you know, can I get some FaceTime with you to say that this regulation is uh, hurting our business? Um, and then also, you know, we're going to subsidize this business. We're going to subsidize that business. I mean, then you have people that are now focused on rather than, gee, how do we be competitive? How do we come up with a good product? They're focused on, uh, can we get a little piece of the action in terms of the subsidies? So um, the, the more limited the government, uh, the, the less likelihood that you're going to have um, the kind of cronyism that Ayn Rand, I think, captured uh, precisely in, in Atlas Shrugged, in which she, there were some heroes that were businesses, but there were a lot of villains that were business businessmen too. So, um, so I, you know, she, she was not about lionizing business people or lionizing labor. She was, she was about, about the, the individual and its, and its productive creative capacity. 
uh, to to realize their full potential. Oh, that that was brilliant. Okay, sorry, that was really good. Um, so, do we have um, more time? How much time do we have? Uh, I think we have um, just just a minute or two. We have about five five minutes or so. Um, so, what uh, did you want to ask about religion or? Yeah, I I would. I I I mean, this I am going to assume is a really complicated topic, but um, you know, conservatives, a lot of them um have a Christian foundation, right? And um, I believe Anne Rand was an atheist, and so um, they've been grappling with that. Um, so the question that I had here is that people argue that religion helped to establish a moral foundation allowing for societies to exist. From Rand's perspective, how do we maintain society without that agreed upon moral compass? Um, well, that's a great question, and um, one that, that we get a lot. Uh, and Ayn Rand had uh, respect for for religion. Um, she, first of all, I think what differentiates her from um, other thinkers in the libertarian space was that she really felt that it was very important, uh, that morality was very important. It was important mm -hmm. to have a moral defense of um, capitalism. And so she really believed that we needed a philosophy, a system of beliefs uh, that um, that would defend our own right to exist and also defend the free market system. Um, so um, at the same time, uh, you know, I, I noticed here and there that I I was finding that there were people that were really huge uh, fans of Ayn Rand that were very religious. You know, Charlie Kirk is is one of them. Um, Andy Puzder is one of them. He was our first honoree at our first annual gala. Uh, he required that each of his six children, devout Catholic, um, had to read, not just like Ayn Rand, but had to read The Fountainhead before they could even get their driver's license. Uh, Sam Sorbo, she's a great friend. She was the MC at last year's uh, gala. She is uh, an actress, a model, a, um, a advocate of homeschooling and also a evangelical Christian, uh, very fierce Ayn Rand fan. So seeing all of this, I was grappling with it and I wrote an op-ed called, Can You Love God and Ayn Rand? I was absolutely astounded by the deluge of letters that I got thanking me for saying, you know, yes, I mean, it's possible uh, to really derive a lot of benefit from Ayn Rand's literature and to be inspired by, um, by the message and also get a benefit from um, ha having a religion, belonging to a religious community. I got one letter though, I will say, and, and, uh, which was not a nice letter. And it was um, by one of the proponents of closed objectivism. And he, he said, uh, only an idiot could possibly read Ayn Rand's novels and not get, you know, the, the atheism part. And I, I thought, wow, well then I guess, uh, you know, my mother who's a PhD and my dad who is um, a Yale and Columbia trained cardiologist must be idiots because um, they read the novels and, you know, uh, my dad said, well, well, atheism wasn't the takeaway, you know, for me and he's a religious, you know, observant uh, Jew. Uh, you know, he thought the takeaway was really about um, individualism, having the, the courage to stand up for yourself and, and stand up against, you know, those who want to, to harm you in the name of the greater good and, and, and having integrity, you know, and, and, uh, and 
uh, promoting achievement and productivity and individualism and, and reason and science. Um, and so, you know, I would, I would say though, you know, when we look at where the virus has hit really hard, uh, in terms of an argument for reason um, and individualism, look at Iran, okay? That, they were one of the hardest hit. And I think in part of it was because, uh, you know, they did have a, a common moral compass, you know, in their Sharia Islam, um, their Shiite Islam. Their, their revolution, a lot of people fled, their best scientists, their best business people fled uh, in advance of that revolution. And the system that they have in place with their moral compass uh, is based on mysticism and not on merit. And so that some of the best minds, you know, women are subjugated in that country uh, because of religion are not there to help to, to fight the virus. And I, I guess I would also say during this time um, of, of crisis, but also incredible response, incredible ideas, incredible research that's happening, that I, I would give a, a shout out to, uh, to, to, to reason and the, the idea that there is a rea reality and it can be discovered. Um, by men of, of science, um, you know, we're not going to uh, just fast, although we may be fasting <laughs> by default, uh, and, you know, go and be in a cave or be on a mountain head or be in a cell and discover the cure to coronavirus. Uh, that's going to happen um, through, through technical, technological, uh, entrepreneurial, and scientific um, innovation. Yeah, ab absolutely. I completely agree. Um, but it's been an it's been an absolute honor getting to talk with you. If I had the opportunity to quarantine with you and talk with you about this for hours, I would. Um, the last question. <laughs> um, the, the last question. Um, if if I was to recommend a book by Anne Rand to get somebody just started on the path, I guess, which <laughs> um, which book would you have them start with, in your opinion? Well. I don't know. Maybe this one. <laughs> um, so you know, I, I honestly, I, I I think we're running out of time. But I would say it really is based on on the individual. Like, if you like comic books and graphic novels, and you're not a big reader, Anthem, you know, the graphic novel would 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 be one. Uh, if you are a big reader and you are, you know, Megan, and you I have ambition and you want to go for it go straight to Atlas Shrugged, because that's, you know, the, the, the one book that you really should have under your belt. Um, if you are not into fiction and you're more into nonfiction, then maybe go to Return of the Primitive or Capitalism, The Unknown Ideal. Uh, but if you're also one of those special few, there, there is a small select club of people who actually read her books in order. And so you might want to start with We the Living and, uh, and then go to Anthem and then go to The Fountainhead onto to Atlas Shrugged, because that's an interesting way to, uh, to, to discover Rand, but also to just sort of follow her development, you know, as, as an artist and as a woman in terms of her, her thinking. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Atlas Shrugged was my favorite, and it's the reason that I'm here today. Dagny Taggart's my idol, so. Um, Dagny, hashtag Dagny Strong, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, thank you again. I, I really appreciate you um, taking the time to talk with me um, and stay safe and inside and all that. We, we will. We will. All right. Bye. We'll see you at the end of, at the end of this. Okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs>